Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this guy on. He is the uh, the District 6 Republican, great state of Virginia, Congressman Ben Klein. Ben, how are you? Good to see you. Joe, great to be with you. Thanks. Uh, really glad to have you. So uh, I want to jump right into the State of the Union address, if you don't mind, where the president um, went on and on about how great the economy is. And thankfully, he was called out by some you know Republicans during the speech. I thought it went overboard a bit because protocol does matter. But there were so many lies and so many half-truths and so many just imaginary things that he was talking about, you almost had to call him on the carpet because you guys basically, Ben, don't have any access to Biden, do you? No, we don't. And pr- and frankly, when the president of the United States lies to the American people, lies to Congress, he needs to be called out right away, immediately by the people listening. So rather than wait for an op-ed a week later, I and my colleagues uh, challenged him and said, you know, we're not going to stop using oil in 10 years. Right. Uh, we're not going to sunset Social Security and Medicare. We're going to strengthen Social Security and Medicare. You know, those kind of things that the American people, my constituents, need to hear from us immediately. Yeah, I mean, he made that part up, and he tried to blame it on Mike Lee and on Ron Johnson. I've had Ron Johnson on since, and he said, of course not. I'm not looking to get rid of any of that. Mike Lee, back in 2010, said, um, anybody who's on Social Security and Medicare will still be taken care of, but let's revamp this thing. Let's figure out how we can make it work, because the government keeps stealing from it. So what he tried to make, a good thing, I think a good idea to sit down and talk about it, was, was misconstrued purposely to make the American people feel like you Republicans are just bad. Exactly. And as we negotiate the debt ceiling increase, we need uh, ways to bring our budget into balance, our fiscal responsibility back. And uh, as we but we're not going to touch Social Security and Medicare. And as we work toward a balanced budget, I'm on the budget committee and we're going to make sure that we balance in 10 years, but we do it in a way that strengthens Social Security and Medicare. You know, right now they're due to go insolvent in 10 years. Uh, the interest on the debt from all of this radical Democrat spending over the last four years is crowding out other non-discretionary spending. Yeah. It's about the size of health care and veterans and defense all combined. So interest on the debt is overwhelming us, and we've got to get our handle, a handle on it. District 6 Republican, great state of Virginia. It's uh, Ben Klein. Go follow him everywhere. You know, I want to just ask a very general question if I can, because I don't know how this happened. Why exactly is it that we stopped worrying about a budget. You know, we ca- keep calling it a debt ceiling or a debt limit. It's really not because you guys can change it whenever you feel like it. Why are we in a place to where I, as an American citizen, could never be there? My bank would call me and say, you can't buy that because you have no more money and your budget doesn't balance. I can't really run a negative uh, balance on my checkbook, maybe on paper for a day, but that's it. I'd be in big trouble. Why is it, and maybe maybe better question is, when is it that the government decided we'll just spend whatever we want and just take it wherever we can get it? You know, if your kids get the checkbook and bounce a bunch of checks, uh, you're going to pay for the things that your kids bought, but you're also going to put some rules in place and you're going to make sure that it never happens again. And you're going to make sure that you prioritize spending so that your and the protections that you put in place, uh, make sure that uh, we are responsible going forward. And and America, uh, we want to be that global leader, but when we're running at 110% of GDP, our deficits annually are running at 110% of GDP, yeah. uh, we're not going to be that world leader for very much longer. We're going to be Greece. And, and by the way, the rest of the world would love to see us get off the dollar as the as the currency of the world. They would love to see us fail economically. And you almost get the feeling some people that are in Congress, both Senate and the House, would like to see us fail so we can restart and be a third world nation. I don't know why they feel like that, Ben, and maybe next time we could talk about that. But um, I, I definitely don't understand why this continues. So what are the 
complete, absolute must-haves for you when it comes to negotiating raising the debt ceiling? What must you see from the from the Senate Democrats and from Biden before you say yes to to raising the debt ceiling? Well, I'm not going to get in the way of Speaker McCarthy. I'm going to let him take the lead on these negotiations. But suffice it to say that we want to see permanent uh, restructuring of the way that we operate so that uh, Democrat majorities in years when they do have the majority can't spend to a point where we're near bankruptcy and then put it on Republican majorities to bring us back to normalcy uh, because, you know, Democrats are being so egregious in their wasteful spending. Yeah. Uh, it is pushing the envelope on what Republicans can do to actually bring us back to fiscal responsibility. You know, we're, we're talking about balance now in 10 years as being the outside window for uh, as soon as we can get to balance because the debt is so high and the interest on uh, the debt is so high. The deficits are trillion dollars a year. Uh, we're going to have to cut uh, in a lot of places discretionary spending uh, to and make sure that we, you know, even in defense, we're going to have to find savings in a woke Pentagon, yeah. and there's lots of wasteful spending, but we're going to have to look there as well. It is uh, Congressman Ben Klein, District uh, 6, Republican, great state of Virginia. He's also in the House Freedom Caucus, which is a big deal because you guys had a very big vo- uh, voice in uh, in the election of a, a Speaker of the House, and I'm glad that you you got some provisions that you wanted, which was awesome. Uh, you're also a, a member of this uh, this new subcommittee on responsiveness and accountability to oversight. Uh, it's not that long ago that Donald Trump, when he was the president, would walk out. A gaggle of reporters would be there. He'd, he'd give them 15, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, then COVID every day, he was going to have a 15-minute news conference. He stood there for two hours and argued with Jim Acosta. We have no access to Biden whatsoever. We're hearing from KJP, Karine Jean-Pierre. I'm not sure she ever even talks to him, but she doesn't say anything. Just a bunch of revolving you know, answers to questions that she's not really answering. Then she says, I answered them already. So we get nothing from this administration. Are you going to be able to in the House? hold their feet to the fire, and get some oversight into why the Department of Transportation is so bad, why Jennifer Granholm doesn't know anything about energy, yet she's speaking about energy, why Biden says he cut the deficit by by $1.7 trillion when he clearly didn't. He actually just lowered it from the overwhelmingly high deficit he had the year before. So uh, will we get some real oversight? Because the American people are getting a little bit sick and tired of the lack of transparency as they tell us they're being transparent. And they have every reason to be sick and tired. Don't even get me started on our Secretary of Homeland Security. Oh, my uh, orchestra is a mess. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he needs to go. But what we're going to do, you know, I'm proud to be a member of the Freedom Caucus, and I'm so proud of Jim Jordan as Chair of Judiciary leading the charge. I'm going to the border with him here soon. Uh, he's going to be uh, pushing hard to make sure we have that oversight over the Department of Justice uh, as chair of the select committee on the weaponization of our intelligence agencies, making sure that we hold those accountable who went after conservatives and media, conservatives in uh, Twitter and online, conservatives, uh, just average constituents who yeah. are expressing their conservative views online. But to be uh, named by him as the chairman of the subcommittee on, on responsiveness and, and accountability to oversight uh, is is uh, an honor, and I look forward to working to make sure that that's another tool in the toolbox. So as they go to DOJ and as they say, we want these documents, we want this testimony, we, we want to make sure that we get the information that the people deserve, uh, that I'm there to drag them up to the hill, to hold them accountable, to be that bulldog for the oversight process. And, you know, they put Eric Swalwell as my ranking member. They're taking it seriously. They know that this is another tool that can be effective. Uh, and so we're looking forward to using it and to 
holding those entities accountable as we conduct our oversight. District Attorney Republican, the great state of Virginia, it's uh, Ben Klein. We appreciate you taking the time. You know, I just want to spell it out and tell me if I get this right. We elect people like you, and we elect senators, we elect the president, um, and then the president appoints a bunch of people, and then the people that we elected to represent us, like you, get to ask them questions. That's oversight, right? Um, if we didn't have oversight, then the executive would become a dictatorship, and Joe Biden, through executive order, and all of his minions from Mayorkas on down, will only follow his policy without you guys having any say. And if you didn't have any say, I wouldn't have any say. And I can't go to Washington every day and go oversee, oversee everything. That's really, that's the, you, you guys in the House, that's the tool we use to represent us to show us what's really going on. Without that, they could do anything they want, right? That's exactly right. You know, we have the power of the purse. So we have to be uh, held accountable for the use of taxpayer funds. And how do we dictate how those funds are to be spent? Well, we have to conduct our own oversight over those agencies to make sure that they're actually working on behalf of the American taxpayers. So if we can't do our oversight, then we don't know what we're spending the taxpayers' money on. And as a member of appropriations, as a member of uh, the subcommittee on the Department of Justice, determining what the budget is for the Department of Justice, you know, I better know what's going on in our intelligence agencies, what's going on in our Department of Justice, so that I can make uh, prudent decisions about the allocation of taxpayer funds. So I expect to get the information that the taxpayers are demanding, and I'm looking forward to playing that role uh, as chairman of the subcommittee. I'm glad that you are chairing this subcommittee. It is uh, Ben Klein, U.S. Representative, great state of Virginia. Go to klein.house.gov. Let's talk about Alejandro Mayorkas. We've got uh, over 5 million illegals coming across the border in just two years. That doesn't count for those who we didn't even see. Those are just the ones that we got. Um, under Trump, we had 60, 70-year historic lows in illegal crossings. He just followed the law as it is. He followed the law and actually told CBP, the Border Patrol, to go ahead and enforce it. Mayorkas is clearly not making them enforce it. We're giving everybody parole. We're acting like everybody gets an asylum claim when we know 90% don't qualify for asylum. Now, we got non-governmental organizations, NGOs in Mexico, actually doing the paperwork for these people before they ever hit the, they ever hit the border. So Biden and his administration aren't even counting those people as illegal crossings. Ben, something's got to stop here. I mean, something's got to happen. Um, can you get rid of Mayorkas? Can you impeach him? I don't know that the Senate would agree, but can you at least force him to, to resign and put somebody else in place? And is it really him or is it the policies he's told to, to, to follow that, that, that are the problem? Is it him or the policies? Well, we look forward to laying out the facts for the American people and for the Judiciary Committee about the uh, failure to behave uh, responsibly in his position as secretary, failure to obey his oath to uh, the people of the United States and uh, to follow the laws and the lies that he was engaged in uh, over the course of his tenure. You know, when I've been to the border, uh, I've seen the humanitarian crisis up close. I've talked to CPB agents who are working hard, putting their lives on the line for the American people and feeling like they're not being recognized. They're not being uh, appreciated by this department. And then you go and we find a, a section of border wall worth uh, millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars that's rusting in a field uh, because the Biden administration has already you know, has the wall but won't pay to, to install it. Uh, their willful neglect of the border and the laws of this country uh, deserve to be responded to. And the Judiciary Committee is going to be responding to it very soon. If you get rid of him, though, do the policies change? And you're right. The, the, the laws are on the books. I think the 
the, the, the Congress, I think you guys have the ability to hold Biden's feet to the fire and make him um, apply the law as written, as agreed to in 1986 and the updates ever since then. Do you have the ability to get rid of him? And again, do the policies change if he's gone? I know that he's lied. I, ben, I don't disagree with you. When he's asked if the border security, he says, yes, he's a liar. Uh, he had Border Patrol agents turn their back on him when he visited. This guy is not the leader that we need. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But will the policies get better if he's gone? Well, that is a question. Joe Biden right now is controlled by the liberal left of his party. Uh, I don't think he is really making that much policy in the West Wing. I think right. it's uh, liberals that surround him. And so uh, is that going to change? Well, he's going to have to feel the impact. Uh, and, and we're going to make sure that uh, it becomes an issue for him when he ignores the law. It becomes an issue for his secretary of Homeland Security when they ignore the law. Uh, and uh, the degree to which we're going to be pursuing that accountability over the next several months is is going to make a difference. I'm confident it will make a difference both in the uh, way that the Senate responds to him because they're political animals and they're going to pay attention to the politics of the situation, but also the way the White House responds because they're going to know it's going to take up an increasing amount of bandwidth in their schedule and in yeah. their uh, workload. U.S. Representative Ben Klein, I want to bring up this tweet that you that you retweeted, I think, um, about the inflation numbers. We know that it was 1.4% when Trump left office. It's now 6-point-something, 6.4, 6.5. It's gone up again in January. It went up again. We see the prices of groceries through the roof, prices of eggs, margarine, butter, fuel oil, utilities. I'm showing it on the screen now. 70% increase in just eggs. Biden is touting the fact that he says his economic plan is working. KJP keeps saying his economic plan is working. Ben, is there anything about the Biden economic plan that's working? Uh, if their goal is to uh, make it impossible for American families to afford basic staples, to afford uh, their gas at the pump, to afford to buy a new house or to rent an apartment, uh, then he's succeeding. But that, you know, his policies are putting enormous pressure on the budgets of hardworking families. And uh, we have got to take action. The best thing we can do, reestablish energy independence, drill, baby, drill, and go ahead and bring those prices down because that'll affect farmers with their input costs, manufacturers with their machine costs, drive, you know, trucking industry, uh, delivery industry, families on, who run small businesses, and then families at the pump and at the grocery store. All the way down, energy independence is what we have to focus on first. Just having the House, can you make it? Can you affect that change? And the reason I ask that is that again, this guy's going to be in office in another couple of years. He's got everybody in his in his um, cabinet that are far left wing wokesters that don't really seem to care about the average American. They say ridiculous slogans like "You're going to build the economy from the bottom up and the in the middle out." I don't even know what that means. I know that billionaires are the ones that employ us. Why are they always the bad guys? Can the 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 House of Representatives alone affect change when it comes to our economic standing? Absolutely. We are joint controllers of the purse strings along with the Senate. We're planning to leverage uh, those purse strings when it comes to negotiations with the Senate. The, they're not going to be able to agree to fund this government without the Freedom Caucus votes. We have 30 to 40 votes that we're planning on using to make sure that we affect permanent change in the way Washington works to make changes to the way this budget uh, is functioned and structured and make sure that taxpayer dollars are used wisely instead of frittered away on woke Green New Deal causes. I look forward to seeing the work that you do in that subcommittee. I'm glad that you're chairing it. It is uh, U.S. Representative District 6 Republican, great state of Virginia, Ben Klein. Ben, thanks a million. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Joe. All right, we're back after this. Stay right here.
Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. We appreciate uh, Ben Klein coming on. He's District 6 Republican, great state of Virginia. We've got next hour Grover Norquist. Americans for Tax Reform is his, uh, is his organization. He's the, he's the president. Go to ATR.org, ATR.org. He's written a, a really good um, op-ed there. Not even an op-ed, just an information piece on exactly how bad the Biden economy is. And as Biden's out there saying dumb things, and I think I'll pro- probably play that soundbite again. Okay, the one thing you don't want to do if you're calling somebody confused is sound confused while you're saying it. Mm, exactly. Yes, you do not want to do that. So I'm, th- I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You got it wrong. I got it wrong. Everybody watching and listening got it wrong. Here's what Joe Biden really tried to say about Rick Scott. Senator Scott's bottom line is, he said, we're reducing the deficit at the same time we're gaming, we're, and we're getting is a fair price. Somehow that's costing the government. He's a little confused. I mean, what could that possibly be? I don't know. It sounds like at the same time he's getting CCD. Now, CCD was the Catholic school I went to on Saturdays when I was a kid. I don't think he's talking about the cost of CCD. No, I'm going to say no on that one. Could it be CBD? Could it be the cannabis stuff? CBD? Maybe it's that. Uh, no. No. All right, one more time. Senator Scott's bottom line is, he said, we're reducing the deficit at the same time we're gaming, we're, and we're getting is a fair price. Somehow that's costing the government. He's a little confused. Just tell me what you think it is. I don't, okay, I seriously cannot If you were there and you had a report on that line, what would you say? I can't, I can't. Could it be CBD? I didn't get CBD. And I don't think he's talking about CBD. I mean, that'd be kind of nuts, but Sam, anything? Do you know what he says there? Sounds like nothing. <laughs> there you go. He said nothing. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Grover Norquist still to come. Make sure you stop by the website, JoePags.com. Click on watch. Go check out that 60-second video that you can send to your more gun regulation friends and family. Also, the, the interviews that we do every day, the parodies as well. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.